Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Frankler Roundtable 2.0, a podcast where we talk about all things horror. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, an actor, director, writer, horror fanatic. And I'm Megan Deanna Smith, an actress, comedian, and all-around cool chick. <laughs> Jonathan, you want to talk about who we have today? All right. Uh, tonight, we have Aaron Mento on our show. He's the uh, director of Ugly Sweater Party, which uh, both Megan and I both watched uh just this past week so um hey Aaron how are you doing tonight good real happy to be here thanks for having me on guys I Aaron yeah. am so so excited to talk to you about Ugly Sweater Party <laughs> I have like so many questions and so many like just fun things to talk about but before we get into the movie do you want to just give kind of our listeners a brief description of who you are what you do how you're involved in the industry, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I love uh, doing dark comedy horror projects, basically. So I made uh, my first feature film, Standards of Living, in 2012. And I did that movie because I had a health scare. I had uh, my left eye went blind for like 15 minutes when I was on a nine-to-five job. I was uh, looking at like these Excel sheets and they just like, just like made my eye go crazy. And like, I thought I had like a tumor or something. And like we figured out that it was uh, something called an ocular migraine, which is just when you strain your eyes too much, your eye just like kind of craps out. And, um, you know, I had screenplays written uh, before, but I was kind of waiting to make my first feature kind of like, you know, Oh, wait till the money comes in. I'll, you know, wait for a better opportunity. But after I had that health scare, I just was like, I need to make a movie right now because time is short. Who knows how long we're going to be here. So the only camera I had was my iPad, my iPad 2. So I wrote no a project. Way. Yeah, specifically just for an <laughs> iPad. So I made the movie Standard of Living. It's the first movie shot entirely on a tablet, on an iPad 2. So that was the first movie <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after that, um, got, I basically just put that online for free at first, just to get uh, eyes on it, just to get, you know, just like almost like as a demo, just like, hey, you know, announcing myself to the world, this is a movie I made, feature film on an iPad, please check it out. We got a lot of really good press. Uh, we got a piece in LA Weekly about it. And um, from that, I got to, to do a, a series with Crip TV and Eli Roth called Choose Their Kill, 
which I uh, co-created and directed. It was a choose-your-own-adventure slasher, like, web series. It had all these different slasher villains that I created that you could kind of choose how they kill their victims. And it was all very tongue-in-cheek and darkly comic. Um, and that's where I met Charles. I met Charles on an episode of that. And once we linked up, that's kind of how we started go- going towards Ugly Sweater Party. So I don't know if you want me to let you talk to you about how that started now, if you had another question first. Well, yeah, so I guess just before we, like, leave your biography, did you, um, like, where did you grow up? And if you didn't grow up in L.A., when did you make the transition, et cetera? Yeah, I was I was born in New Jersey, actually. And uh, we lived in New Jersey and New York just, like, up until, like, fourth grade. And then we moved to San Diego because my dad got a job there. So I went to San Diego State for film school. Um, and then I came to L.A. to Loyola Marymount University, where I got my MFA in film production in Los Angeles. So, yeah, that's uh, those. I'm mostly, you know, mostly in San Diego most of my life, but now been in LA for a while now, and I love it. That's awesome. Um, now I, I want to know because, like, we heard a little bit on, well, I heard a, lot, a little bit on uh, all about acting about, um, I guess, like some of the genesis of Ugly Sweater Party. But I want to know from you as a writer um, of it, like what like inspired the idea for the for the movie? Yeah, you know, I my movie Standards of Living has some really weird costumes in it. I went to thrift stores and I was dressing this guy who's like this wannabe stand-up comedian. He's like terrible and he he thinks he's like Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> or something. He wears like these awful like outfits, and uh, I would just find these like articles of clothing that were so like obscene and I would just wonder like who wore this like what was the journey that this article of clothing went on you know like I can't believe this even exists and that just kind of like started me thinking like you know what if like some weird article of clothing had a history and that history was like it was like possessed into the into this piece and then just naturally um kind of blended into my love of like holiday horror movies and ugly sweaters it just seemed like such a cool idea to have an ugly sweater that uh, was worn by this killer and like his essence is kind of like sucked into it. And you would like either get it at a thrift store or in the movie, like off, off another person that you're just bartering for or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's basically where it came from. It, it started out as just a concept. I just knew that it was going to be two guys going to an ugly sweater party. One somehow gets a sweater that was worn by a serial killer, has the spirit in it, and then he gets possessed. And that's pretty much all I had. And um, what happened was, after I vibed with Charles on Choose Their Kill, and he had, like, the smallest part in Choose Their Kill, he just showed up for, like, an hour and just acted like he was getting shot. And that was it. And, like, uh, but his personality, you guys know, is so big and so warm. And, like, uh, I vibed with him immediately, and I was like, I want to work with this guy some more. So He's the friendliest, uh, most positive person yeah. ever. Right? Yeah, totally. He just, I feel like he brings good people together. Like, he's like a magnet of, for that, you know? And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we went out for coffee, and I basically said, hey, I got this concept, ugly sweater party. Um, basically, this is the idea for it. I want you to play one of the two guys. And I said, you know, I had a really kind of strange way that I wanted to write this project. I wanted to write it for actors. Um, and so Charles basically told me that he was plugged into the indie horror community. 
you know, and he said he would introduce me to various actors and actresses in the community. That's why I met Hunter, and then that moved on to Felissa Rose. And I wrote all of the roles specifically for actors uh, after I met them. So the movie kind of like evolved as I met people. I had characters in mind, and I had the names of characters in mind, but I didn't really start writing it until I knew who was going to play each part. That is such a rare process for a writer to to kind of get people attached first and then the script. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I really, I I recommend it. It was it was a great process because I just wanted to have this party just filled with personalities and like I, as soon as I met the actors that I kind of vibe with, I was like I could put some of their quirks like into the characters already. Not that they're exactly like those characters, but like, like when I met Felissa, I knew how I was going to write Mrs. Mandix. You know what I mean? Like I had her in mind, but then I met Felissa and I was like, wow, she's down for anything. She loves like the super vampy humor. She's like fearless and like, you know, that totally informed like her character. And that, that was the same with everybody. Everybody <laughs> informed their character for me. Yeah, um, what, what I was saying last night was like um, – that I was surprised that Sean Whalen had such a big part because I'd seen him in a lot of movies these days. And even though his, his part wasn't like, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot bigger than I expected. You know what I mean? Like, he was, he was sure. throughout the movie. Um, well, and so on. I was really happy with that. Well, I was going to say, so I'm, as a comedian, um, you know, and an actor, or whatever, like, I'm obsessed with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And yeah, I had no idea going into your movie that one of the McPoyle brothers was going to be in it and be like <laughs> the main demonic spirit. And I like pooped my pants. I thought it was incredible. <laughs> I need to know how you got him in your movie. Tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Felicia Rose had worked with Hunter and Charles on two Jennifer, the number two Jennifer, uh, the sequel to the first uh, Jennifer movie. And, um, me and Felicia hit it off immediately, and I told her about this character, you know, Declan Rains, and I just asked her, I said, who, who would you recommend for something like this? And she immediately was like, oh, my, you know, my good friend Sean Whalen. And I was like, you know, I love Sean Whalen. I love people under the stairs and, like, you know, all the stuff that I see him in all the time. Like, he's, like, always – your eye always goes to him. And you always want to know more about him, and he's just, like, always such a great presence on screen. So uh, we had, like, a – a dinner at like El Torito and like just had all these, like, you know, all these cast of characters there. And Sean Whalen came there and we just like hung out and I told him about the project and he was down. He said it sounded great. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was, he just really liked the concept and he really liked the character. So it just kind of went, everything went pretty smooth in terms of like casting. It just kind of felt, weirdly like it was like just destined to like go to these different people and I just kind of went with the flow so yeah it was it was uh yeah it was pretty easy to to get everybody it just kind of seemed like everybody was uh was perfect for the role I was looking for to fill like I would be like oh that guy's perfect for this this role or that that actress is perfect for this so uh Sean Whaling just ended up being absolutely perfect for Declan Reigns for sure it's awesome that Sean is a part of the project though too, because it also helps bring hopefully more viewers and, and it brings like that star power. Um, not that the other people don't have, you know, great resumes as well, but he's like, I mean, come on, dude, that was yeah. awesome. Aaron, to get a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I was really excited because 
you know, uh, he's so recognizable and he has such a big fan base. And it's so interesting because I used to uh, intern for uh, West Craven's production company way back in the day. Um, and one of the things I got to do there was West Craven wanted his storage facility, he wanted it to be organized. So I got to go into West Craven's storage facility and I found like all this stuff from like Nightmare on Elm Street, like Freddy's sweaters and like, you know, old posters and stuff. And one of the things that I found there was like seven like leather gimp get-ups from people under the stairs. And uh, that was like so like hilarious to me. So that was something that also kind of like bonded with Sean Whalen over. I told him about that. He just he, like he couldn't believe that Wes had all these like gimp suits from that movie. Like he just thought that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> in his storage facility. So, yeah, like uh I'd always been a big fan of that movie and Wes Craven. So, it felt it felt really cool to be like on set with Sean Whalen. That's awesome. See, see, I always you know, as as a person who like interviews a lot of these people and meets these a lot a lot of these people at conventions and stuff like that, um like I swear to god, if I were like when I was like 13, if like myself now were to come to, to me at like 13 and say, Oh, you're going to meet all these people, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, I would have told myself I was an idiot. Like that, that, that was never going to happen, <laughs> you know? Right. Oh, and, sure. and you got to do yeah. this. You got to work with people you, you know, admire and that you, that you looked up to. And I think that's really freaking cool, you know, to be able yeah, to do it, that. It, it's very surreal. I mean, like sleepaway camp is like one of my favorite movies. Um, like a week before I like met Felissa Rose and knew I was going to meet Felissa Rose. Like I introduced that movie to actually my composer for uh, Ugly Sweater Party. He wasn't the composer yet because the movie didn't, didn't fully exist, but he'd never seen Sleepaway Camp. So we did like a drinking game with him and my wife and his girlfriend. And like that movie just blew his mind, like Sleepaway Camp, <laughs> like the ending, everything. That movie just like kills now. Like, if someone sees it now, it's just awesome. So, like, literally, like, a week after that, he was just like, oh, thanks for introducing me to this movie and stuff. And, like, it was so fresh in my mind. And then, like, I'm sitting across from her, like, at, 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 we, for some reason, El Torito was the hot spot. I don't know why. But we went to El Torito when I met her first, too. And so I was just like, this is so crazy. I told her, I said, like, literally, like, a week ago, I was doing a drinking game at Sleepaway Camp. Like, this is so bizarre. And, uh <laughs> Yeah, she just has this. She has this great energy, and she is so down for anything. And we've become really good friends. So, like, that's that's one of my favorite parts of the movie too. Is just that uh, I got to meet some really great people, and hopefully, these friendships will last uh, forever because the cast is such good people involved in this movie. Well, and you can tell Definitely. I really that like you just could tell everyone was having a really great time making it. And, and there definitely is a difference in films where people are like, Oh, I'm not getting paid or I'm getting paid a little bit, or I don't want to do this. Or these are a lot like everyone who was in that movie. I at least felt was passionate about what they were doing, even including the music was so dope. Will you talk about how <laughs> all of that fruition? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of different music tracks in there. So like, uh, for the the kind of anthem, the Ugly Sweater Party song, uh, I wrote the lyrics to that, and I basically 
I based that song off of like, you know, like Banana Rama, like all this like old eighties kind of like synth pop kind of like upbeat girl groups, but also from, I'm a huge fan of the slash movie Killer Party, uh, which was a really big influence on Ugly Sweater Party. And there's this song that plays throughout that movie uh, this is the best time of our lives, I think it's called. And it just, like, starts with it, and it kind of weaves into the middle, and then it ends with it. And, like, I just love the idea of, like, an like a slasher movie anthem that kind of carries the movie along. So uh, the the singers, uh, Mo and Minnie, they had worked with Hunter before. So we basically just gave them the lyrics and uh, sent them some YouTube links to different songs that I like the vibe of, and they were able to uh, come up with that. So that was great. It was exactly what I wanted um, for that song. And then, you know, there's so many other songs. There's like this like R&B stuff from um, an artist named Anthony Honore. He also, I think, met I met them through Hunter and Charles. He's this great, fun R&B artist, lots of energy. He's actually in the movie. So if you listen to the R&B song, the one that they're listening to in the car, Christmas List, uh, the first person to die during the uh, laser massacre who's playing volleyball is that, that he's the singer of that song. So he gets cool. shot first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then finally cool. the, the metal group, the metal group, uh, my composer, Roman Kovalik, he played. So he plays bass for them. Um, they're called Omicida. That's the real group. And, but Roman, the composer of ugly sweater party is also playing the lead singer in the movie. So the lead metal singer, is Roman and he's basically just lip syncing to his friend who actually sang that. Um, so yeah, so his, his buddies were, were on the side. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> we had a lot of great music in the movie. I, so the, the anthem, my fiance and I just kept singing it for like hours after the movie. So it was, <laughs> it was really messy. Um, also though, I will say, that the, the whole death metal rock band cutaways and all of Jody's parts in the movie were, I'm going to tell you, a little, it was a little random, but it was so funny <laughs> and so awesome. And I, at times, didn't even really understand what I was watching, but I didn't care, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, no, I totally, I totally agree. Because, like, when I saw the, uh, you know, when I saw the, uh, the cutaways and everything, and Jody, uh, you know, all that stuff. I was just like, uh, I was like, okay, what is going on here? Like, why? why <laughs> what, is, what is this dude doing? And then he just shows up and starts zapping. Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to spoil anything. <laughs> um, you know, uh, for the audience who have maybe not have seen it. Um, but it was just, it was so strange, but I loved it. Like, I couldn't stop watching. Like, it was that kind of thing. That's great. Well, That's it's cool. funny, too, because definitely you embrace the comedy aspect as well. And so once you establish that from the beginning, which you did, especially Hunter and his comedic timing and everything like that, you established it was also a comedy. So at that point, we're just along for the ride. And I think it just worked really well. Cool. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad that, that you guys felt that way. Yeah. I kind of like, um, I, the whole idea behind like the movie and like the tempo and like the weird subplots, was that I wanted the movie itself to feel like an ugly sweater. So, like, all these, like, clashing elements that, like, shouldn't go together exist somehow in the same universe, and they're all kind of fighting for supremacy in the plot, even though they shouldn't go together. Um, so that was definitely, like, intentional to, like, have this 
you know, it's almost, it was almost like an experiment. I was just like, could I really put all this shit together? Like in like one movie and like, like, like what would, what would happen if we did this? You know what I mean? It was just, it was exciting. Right. It was like, all of a sudden it became Jody's movie. And it was like, he just became like the main character for like a minute. You're just like, <laughs> wait, who is this guy? Like, what am I doing over here? But it's, but like, Jody makes it so interesting and like what he's doing is so kind of compelling that you hopefully get wrapped up in his plot. And then you go back to the other plot and you're just like, okay. And your brain is just trying to like firing your synapses, just trying to like put all this together. And I just didn't want (laughs) any part of the movie to be predictable. I didn't want, you know, cause I feel like, you know, ugly sweater party, you know, two guys go to a party, one of them's wearing, you know, a possessed sweater and there's a bloodbath. I feel like I, could think of that and I could predict the entire movie if I wanted to and be like, okay, they go there, there's some sex, the sweater and all this stuff. And like, I didn't want the movie to be predictable. I wanted it to be like the other way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, right. you're just like, it's so it's like, if you want just like the standard slasher, hopefully you're pleasantly surprised that it's going all in different directions. But, uh, you know, otherwise you're going to be like, what am I watching? Like, what is, what even is this? You know what I mean? But um, I really, yeah, I really love. uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Well, I was just gonna say the editing totally goes along with your unconventional kind of plot and like jump cuts and everything, which I thought worked really well, especially for the pacing. Um, How long was your editing process? Because it seemed like it would have taken years. (laughs) Yeah, it it pretty much did. (laughs) To be honest, it was. uh, (laughs) It was like it was like two years of post-production for all the effects and the editing and just like it was a lot it was a lot of material it was a lot of different stuff and finding the right you know pacing for it to unfold the way I wanted it to uh, I really took my time to try and make it exactly what I wanted because I basically was sitting there going like look this isn't a big studio movie there is nobody yelling at me to finish it like by next week let me really take the time to edit this right and make it exactly what I want it to be, you know? So, you know, we took our time. So we got, so that, that gave Roman more time for the score that gave, you know, the, uh, uh, Minnie and Mo more time to work on their song. It just gave everybody more time to kind of like put that extra polish of craziness on it. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) yeah. Definitely. Um, just so you guys know, uh, Laura is here. So let me bring her on real quick. All right. Uh, Laura, hey, you should be on. Hey, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> what's up, Hello. Hannah? How are you doing? <laughs> How are you? How are you, Megan? Doing, How are you, Aaron? <laughs> doing good, doing good. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, my God. Man. It's so exciting to finally, like, um, officially talk to you, kind of, I guess, on the phone, but on a podcast. But um, it's just been <laughs> such a whirlwind ever since the release of Ugly Sweater Party, and I was listening in when I first called in, and I was uh, I was talking to Charles on my podcast yesterday about the film, and we had um, talked about, and I had said this, I was like, you know, there's so many underlining meanings to the movie it, it, it's, it, itself, you know, of Ugly Sweater Party. I was like, knowing Aaron, there's probably way more deeper levels to this that we even know as the actors. And, um, you know, so just listening to you and, like, talking about how, you know, the movie, 
itself is like an ugly sweater and things like that. You know, we don't think about that when, you know, as actors, when we're first filming it and then when it comes together and we see it, like I was telling Charles, I'm like, now that I'm watching it, I see all these little meanings, these hidden meanings, you know, within the film itself. And it's it's just really fascinating how you were able to pull that off. It was was really cool. Yeah, Very cool. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I got to say about, you know, Laura as, as Hannah, you know, without that character and the way she played it, the movie would have just been absolute insanity. She's the only character that grounds the movie <laughs> to any sort of reality <laughs> whatsoever. The, the so witch, she, right? She just, the girl uh, with these weird yeah, visions the witch, yeah. is the one who's yeah, grounding yeah. So the movie, right? She, she did an excellent job of, making it seem like what was going on was actually dramatic and really happening, even though it was so silly, you know what I mean? <laughs> so she totally grounded it. And like, that's why the movie it, it works because we believe her character is like a real person, <laughs> you know, in this, yeah. in this situation. So as yeah, it's a great job. As I try to get Jody, like Hunter's character to like, I understand me, like, listen to me, you know, I'm like, hey, this is what's yeah. going on, he's like, really, is this what's going on, I'm like, yes, this is what's going on, and we need to fix the situation, and everyone else is going crazy, I'm just like, no, I think I can fix this, but I'm doing a terrible job at it, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I also love that, I love that, you know, she's kind of introduced as this, like, you know, oh, I'm going to solve it. And then, like, but then, like, she also kind of fucks up, too. And, like, she actually yeah. kills the cook. And then, like, I don't know. I just, like, I, I, I just loved how unpredictable everything was. And everybody played it so well because it was so weird. <laughs> it was so, so yeah, it was fun. It was so fun. Well, and I, I, yeah, go ahead, Megan. Oh, I just, I want it. Well, you can, no, you finish, and then I'll ask you after. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Okay, well, let me just say that so fairly recently I rewatched two Jennifer, number two Jennifer, which you're in, and then obviously I just watched, um, you know, your new movie, The Ugly Sweater, and I, not that you weren't beautiful and and great in two Jennifer, but I love you as like an emo dark chick. I think that (laughs) look for you was, it was amazing, and I I love that you kind of, (laughs) It was obviously very different than Jennifer, but I just, I loved that look and that style for you. I think that was really fun to see you be something totally different. Oh, oh thank you. I know maybe one day, like, we'll do like a, like a, you know, uh, a spinoff short film of like, Hannah, where is Hannah now? Like, where's Hannah Cliff and Jody? Like, I want to do a sequel. I don't want to do a spinoff. I want to do a full-blown sequel with you guys. Sequel. For sure. Yeah, I will say, Megan, like, um, one thing that I've gone, that's probably, like, the third time how people have told me that. They're like, this is such a good role for, for myself to play. And I will say, when I first talked to Aaron about the character, and, you know, and Charles talked about this yesterday, he kind of wrote the characters of, uh, for how he saw each one of us. Like, Aaron didn't really know me. He didn't know me. I hadn't worked with him before. He had worked with Charles. He knew Charles. He trusted Charles. When Charles said, hey, you need to meet Laura, like, you know, see if she would fit for your film. And I met Aaron, and he, you know, I guess that's what he saw in me. And you know what? 
I think he nailed it right on the spot because everyone seems to really um, uh, love the character and love what I brought to it. And I and I I will say as the actor in Hannah's character, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I had so much fun with it. Uh, it was definitely, like you saw, Megan, different from other things I have done, and it pushed me on a comedic level as well to have that, you know, that serious comedic timing with it, and um, it, it, it was definitely a challenge, but I want to definitely do more with it. I love that character. I miss that character, and yeah, I, I would do it again. I, I, I definitely can't wait for Cliff, Jody, and Hannah to have a reunion someday, someday soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, for sure. Erin totally left it as like a cliffhanger, and I was like, okay, perfect. Now I can audition for Ugly Sweater Party 2. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, hey, you know, all it takes is everybody to hang out in a room, and I got characters popping in my head. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> all you have to do is go to El Torito, and you'll write a role for me. Yes. That magic El Torito. I know. I don't know what, I don't know why that was the spot, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just an example of how how crazy and how down everybody was. Uh, so the the sweaters, I found a sale at like some Goodwill on one weekend where like they were like, oh yeah, all our sweaters are like a dime or something. And it was like the only time that this sale happened year long. I just somehow walked in. I didn't even know about it. I was like, oh my god. So I bought all the sweaters. Uh, except for the hero sweater that that uh, Charles wears, I got them all from this like Goodwill shop, and then we had this big sweater making night where the cast all got to kind of like put input and make their own sweaters uh, with with you know materials and glue guns and stuff like that. And in the middle of doing that, I had this this weird like blue uh, like like old lady kind of like shiny jacket looks so ridiculous. And I was like, Hey, you know, it'd be funny. Let's, let's see what Laura looks like with this on. And she put it on and we were all laughing and like, we liked the way it looked. And I was just like, okay, yeah, that's just going to be your outfit for the whole movie. And, and like, it was just like, okay. And like, uh, what I love about it is that no one has even commented in any of the reviews or anything, like, about this weird jacket that she's wearing, like, out in the middle of the woods, it just kind of seems to fit, like, the universe. You just don't question it, you know what I mean? But at the time, it was pretty weird to, like, be have her wearing that the whole time, you know? I, yeah, and I remember, too, like, I remember when I first put it on, I even had, like, a moment where um, we were all looking at it, and we all looked at each other, and we were just like, yes, this is the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Like, I put it on, and, I, and it felt like my powers existed. Like, that jacket gave me my powers. <laughs> just like the ugly yeah, sweater right? itself. Like. <laughs> Shoot, it was. It was just like if something worked, it was like, okay, let's double down, and let's just let's just make that permanent and go with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah. that was just the kind of way it went. <laughs> Yeah, and I really feel like um, going back to that night, that was such a great night when we all got together and we we made these ugly sweaters together. And so all the sweaters you're seeing in the film, we all helped together. We all helped make them together. And it was such an amazing night because everybody in the cast and the crew, um, I would say majority of everyone, showed up. And we were all there, and it was one yeah. giant Christmas sweater party 
um, before the shoot. It was like way before the shoot, and a few months yeah. before, and uh, it connected all of us. And we all looked around and said, "This is the this is the cast. This is everyone." And it it felt right. And we were from that moment on. I mean, I was excited beforehand, but I feel like everyone from that moment on were like, yes, everyone was gung-ho, you know, wearing the crazy, we're like, we're wearing as crazy outfits as we can, like, it was great, it was, it was a good night, um, it inspired yeah, it was, everybody. Yeah, it was a really cool night. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's um, also interesting is that when you watch the movie and it's kind of doing the opening credit sequence with the, everybody's cast name over the sweaters being made. That's actually footage from that night. That's actually the people making their oh own sweaters. God. Yeah. I never heard that. I was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I was oh like, God. that has to be. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Um, you want to, let's talk about, um, so we make sure we get it in, where where can people watch it? And then if you also want to just briefly talk about your distribution process, like once you made it, how did you get backers, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the movie's actually right now it's completely self-distributed. Uh it's basically I just put it myself on Amazon through through my company Woo-hoo. Ocular Migraine Productions. So, you go on Amazon, uh, I'm sure you can find the link on your site or they can just look me up on Facebook or Instagram. You can rent or buy it streaming on Amazon exclusively right now. And uh in the future, I plan on doing, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays with features and stuff like that. But uh yeah, we just wanted to put it out ourselves because it just seemed like for this project and for the time of year and everything, it just seemed right. It was just kind of like, you know what, let's just give it, let's just, people were just like clamoring for it. And I was like, let's just give them access to it. Like right now, like, like, like after, you know, Thanksgiving. So people aren't, you know, going, ah, Christmas stuff already. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch that. So we did it on Black (laughs) Fridays when we released it. You know what I mean? So it was kind of like, we're switching into Christmas gear now. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. hoping that all through the month of December and beyond, people will check it out on uh, on Amazon Streaming. I think that's awesome. And do you recommend people – it's just inspiring because do you, I'm assuming you just say to other filmmakers who want to make content like what you did, like you made this incredible feature and it's on Amazon – just do it because you can self-distribute. You can do it. You just have to have the passion and the hard work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you can also do Amazon Prime. So the difference between doing it on Prime Video versus Amazon Prime is that on Prime Video, the way we're doing it is you rent it or you buy it. If you do it through Amazon Prime, it's available to everybody who has the Amazon Prime. They can just watch it. Um, the difference is is that Prime Video, the profits go 50-50. So if someone rents it, Amazon gets 50% of that, and then we get 50% of that. On Amazon Prime, it's not like that. It's like you get like six cents every hour that someone watches. So it's oh, like, you know, it? it's like real, it's like, yeah, so it's great for exposure because there's no reason that people can't watch it. It's just like, oh, if you have Amazon Prime, which a lot of people do, you can watch it, you know, and get more eyes on it. But you'll make six cents for every hour <laughs> that people watch, you know. Yeah. It's kind of, wow. you know, you kind of have wow. to decide, you know, do you want uh, maximum exposure, you know, or, you know. Do you want to make your money yeah, back? so that's you know, exactly. I mean, like for the movie. I'm an electric bill, you know. 
Right. And it just I, depends too. Yeah. Like like you were saying, is to get you wanna get either you wanna get money to, to put to another project and make something even you know, as equally good or if not better. Or do you yeah, or do you just wanna get the exposure? I guess exposure is good too if you have money you don't need to worry about the money coming back to you i guess right like because i guess yeah i mean although six yeah, cents an hour prime, is not yeah. really a lot <laughs> but it's but amazon so. prime is like a great choice for people who just want to get exposure and a lot of filmmakers mm-hmm. choose that to just get their mm-hmm. stuff out there and that's great for that we just chose the prime mm-hmm. video route and we're uh you know we're exploring that right now but we definitely do want to do physical release in the future and we're also talking about doing a soundtrack for the movie Oh, how awesome. oh wow, that'd be great! Yeah, that'd I'd be love to cool. have like a uh, a CD of a uh, of ugly sweater party or something, you know, or at least uh, you know. I would love one because I can't stop listening to the music from the film, and I had no idea how what the music was coming into it until I played it. And I go, wait a minute, I love the music as equally as the film. I, I definitely think, Aaron, you need to do a soundtrack because everyone will buy it. I think people that don't even <laughs> watch the film will buy the soundtrack first and then be like, wait, what is this from? And then go watch the film. I don't know. I, I just think it would yeah, be I mean, cute. Yeah. I, think it'd, I think it'd be cool too, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely want to do it. And so the soundtrack would have the songs from the movie, but also the score all together. Oh, oh nice. nice. Yeah, nice. Sure. That's cool. I like we that are, a lot. We are getting close to um, the end of the show. So I just want to make sure as well before we go, can both of you talk about um, upcoming projects that you're working on? Erin, are you working on a new script? Are you in pre-production? Laura, have, have you been doing something? Like what, what are you guys up to next? Yeah, Wait. I have a, a, a screenplay called Survival High, which is kind of this brutal – a little bit of an 80s slasher, and uh, Felissa Rose is actually attached to it. She's going to play the main villain in it, the main wicked teacher. So the concept is that this evil teacher puts these captive students through uh, a curriculum of death and torture, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that's, that's the next project for sure. Awesome. How about you, Laura? Um, I have – uh, recently uh, premiered that's going to be tomorrow night at the Culver City Film Festival. If you're in Los Angeles, go to the Culver City Film Festival, I think around 8 p.m. I probably got this wrong, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Um, uh, my new film, Lilith, directed by Alex T. Wang, um, will be premiering at the Culver City Film Festival tomorrow. Um, and then I have a short film called The Crossing by Thomas Haley, directed by Thomas Haley, um, and I'm in that, and uh, that's premiering. Uh, we got we won a bunch of awards. We won Best Ensemble Cast at Zed Fest, and uh, that's premiering as well at Culver City Film Festival tomorrow. Um, and then, uh, gosh, oh, I have a film premiering on Amazon December 3rd called Payday, um, and I'm one of the leads in that one. Um, so that will be December 3rd on Amazon. And, uh, and then I'm shooting a, uh, a Western horror short film, uh, the start, the first week of the new year, that very first week, bringing in the new year with a Western horror that I'll be leading in. <laughs> I'm super nice. stoked. I will say it, um, I get 
to use a shotgun in this movie, and that's all I can say. So <laughs> oh, I'm wow. super stoked nice. about that. <laughs> Um, but other than that yeah other than that I think that's that's pretty much it I think I I can oh and then Dr. Johnson well there's Ugly Sweater Party uh, by Aaron Mento obviously you have to buy it watch it it's amazing he's amazing amazing director one of the best directors I've worked with thus far and then also shout out to the cast and crew of Ugly Sweater Party love you guys love working with you Um, yeah all that stuff Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm done. You. All I'm right. done. <laughs> um, and uh, how can um, Aaron? How can people reach you? Like, um, uh, what's your social media links? I thought you were going to ask for my social security for a second there. Uh, no, it's, uh, <laughs> no. It's, uh, uh, That's at, just well, at Aaron too. Mento. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Aaron Mento is where I'm at on Twitter and Instagram and. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook there too, and, and uh, Ugly Sweater Parties on Facebook as well. Oh, awesome! Nice. And what's your uh, um, checking account number? I'm sorry. What? What? <laughs> what? What's your checking account number too? While we're at it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah. Let me get that for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about you? Uh, uh for me, um, uh, you can't have my checking account. You can't have my birth date. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you, uh, but you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my full name at Laura Jean Mumer. Uh, last name is pronounced M U M M E R T. French last name. Um, you can follow me on there, and then Laura Jean Official on Facebook. And if you ever want to chat with me, I'm really nice. You can message me. I'll answer all your questions about any film. So yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> hey, and you forgot you forgot to plug your podcast. Oh yeah, podcast. Oh. Like Jonathan, fabulous. And I have a podcast. <laughs> Listen to on my podcast every Thursday um, night at one a.m. Eastern time, ten p.m. Pacific time. It's called All About Acting. And if you are a fellow actor, writer, director, you want to promote anything, you are more than welcome to come on our podcast. We chat, we have fun, we drink wine, we drink beer, um, and we just, uh, yeah, we just talk the night away and uh, have some fun. And uh, Megan, we, I think we need to get you on that podcast again as well as Aaron. I think that would be fun. Um, but, yeah, so that's that plug. So sure. follow All About Acting podcast. All about Act Pod on Twitter. All about Acting Podcast on uh, Facebook, and I forget our Instagram, Jonathan. I always do. Because you, you yeah, say no, it's, it's like it's, is it it's short? No, it's the same thing uh, as Facebook. Oh, all about, all about Acting Podcast. Podcast. Okay. Yeah, um, I'd love, love to come on and do that. Although, Lara, I hear your co-host is a little bit of a jerk. I know. <laughs> yeah. He's he's pretty yeah he's pretty jerky he's like beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we are so so grateful that you guys came on. I really truly had such a fun time watching the movie. It really was fun, and I hope all of our listeners honestly go watch it. They're making more than six cents, so you're helping independent horror. Please go rent it on Amazon. Yay! Um, yes. Thank you guys. I, I love yes. it and I love that. I'm so glad you guys had a great time watching the movie. That's what's most important to me. So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll we'll definitely have you back on at some point. 
maybe to talk about another one of your other projects. Maybe uh, when you get that sure. uh, teacher movie done, I wanna I wanna talk more about that because that just uh, I, I love those kind of things. I have a bunch of those horror films that are kind of you know uh, school oriented or whatever. Like Cutting sure. Class is one yeah. of my favorite movies. So I love Cutting uh, Class. I would love That's to, one of my favorites too. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. So thank you so much, and it was an honor talking to you. And and Laura, you know, uh, Laura, if most people don't know, used to actually be the co-host too of the show before, and then she got her own show. Um, so uh, <laughs> Megan stepped up, uh, and we're very happy to 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 have both of you know both these lovely women helping me out. So I appreciate everything. And I appreciate all of you guys for coming on and being on the show. So thank you guys so much. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Megan. And nice to talk to you again, Aaron. Everyone have a great weekend and happy holidays. Yes, absolutely. Well. Thank you, Don. Um, Jonathan, <laughs> we can tell them where they can follow our crazy antics. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, my Instagram and Twitter is at Magdiana Smith, M-E-G-D-E-A-N-N-A Smith. Um, I have a YouTube channel. We find us funny with lots of funny videos. Jonathan, you want to talk about where they can follow your adventures? Uh, check out Frights of the Roundtable on uh, Instagram and Facebook uh, at Frights of the Roundtable and uh, Frights R&D Table at um, uh, uh, Twitter. So thank you guys so much, um, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.